Welcome to the latest First Voice Monthly Roundup podcast brought to you by First Voice Magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. This episode is our January Small Business Roundup in which we'll take a look back at all the important issues you need to be aware of throughout December as well as taking a quick look at anything important on the radar in the coming weeks. Uh, to help me do that, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Craig Beaumont, Chief of External Affairs at FSB, who will help us unravel the important current issues facing you and your small business. Craig, welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Craig. Uh, look, normally we would run through quite a few topics hitting the headlines over the past month, but you know, really there's just one major issue dominating the minds of all small business owners right now, isn't there? And that's Omicron. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just how much of a, a blow to small businesses is that right now? Uh, and with this moving all the time, what's the what's the current state of play uh, across the UK? Great. Thanks for having me on, John. So, I mean, the pandemic, as we all know, has changed all our lives and the economy. And the way it will continue to do that is when a new variant appears. So we've now got Omicron. Omicron is clearly much more transmissible. And that means for small businesses and the self-employed that they can catch it themselves, so can their families, so can their staff, and so can their customers. And the difficulty comes when looking at how much disease that causes when you catch Omicron. And then finally, of course, there's a risk of serious disease, going to hospital, uh, and of course, death as well at the end. So, And that's the bit that no one really knows. There's always a lag um, in the phases between catching a disease, testing positive, feeling ill, getting serious disease, going to hospital, and then even worse. So for small businesses, we're seeing the impact right now of the rocketing cases, case numbers. So 2% of the population right now has COVID. And we're seeing that as small business owners and their workforce get affected by sickness or self-isolation, the need to go into um, self-isolation to protect everyone. And this is getting worse. So we think you may see a million people across the country sick or self-isolating by the new year. And that has an impact in all sorts of directions. One of them is on customers. So people see COVID rising and they start to change their behavior. Uh, We started to see cancellations, especially in hospitality, basically people gathering, uh, normally bigger groups gathering in a smaller space, parties, Christmas lunches. Um, Then as Plan B arrived, which was a set of extra conditions in England, um, we saw the working from home order come in, which moved activity away from urban centers. So small businesses in right in the centre of cities, some towns as well. Uh, and then when the chief medical officer, Chris, uh, Chris Whitty, started using language about please prioritise your social contact and then said, obviously, that means to deprioritize others, you saw more groups cancelling, um, medium-sized groups then, and then small groups cancelling. Suddenly, hospitality is now down 40% of the trade on a key it's almost called the golden quarter, a, a key month of December for this sector is December. So you can often see 20, 25% of a year's trade in December, and suddenly they're facing a 2 billion loss uh, in that sector. Uh, pubs have not served 400 million pounds worth of pints they expected to have served by now. So across the government, um, you've got obviously different views within the UK government, but you've also got different governments as well. So... Um, Public health is a devolved issue, which means that in, in Wales, for example, and in Scotland, they've brought in new restrictions ahead of England. They are more inclined to do that. It's what they believe in. And that reflects devolution, of course. 
So you see restrictions, shutting down nightclubs, removing spectators from sports events in Wales. Uh, and in Scotland, they've just announced the return of social distancing, i.e., you know, you go to a hospitality venue, you'll be sat down, table service uh, and distancing. So capacity of people reduces. Um, and in England, you've seen people in England move into line with some of those. Um, so there is, you know, if you're in England right now, you can look at what Scotland and Wales are going through and it's likely what England will go through next. So we, and then if you're, if you're in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, um, you've got uh, a plan C options kind of coming out from the government quite a lot. So it's all change. And if you're a small business now, you know, Omicron doesn't respect a border. So even though the governments are different, I think people are reacting in a similar way. Uh, you're seeing impact on the market and impact on the work. Yeah, some big and concerning numbers there. Um, look, decisions on public health uh, for the UK and devolved governments and, and, and their scientists, really. But, you know, what has FSB been talking to them about? What support has been made available so far? Um, I know we had some, some announcements just yesterday. I mean, the evidence we presented comes from a couple of sources. One is um, all of our survey work. So all our members who fill in that uh, a regular quarterly survey called the Small Business Index, it tells us how they're feeling, what they're doing. And we just closed that. It was very, very well timed. Um, and that will be released in full in the new year. Um, but we've managed, we've managed to kind of fast track some of those stats that show the impact on confidence and trade. And then we present those to, to show the government the economic impact of any of these restrictions. And that basically makes the case for, yes, the decision, you're right, is about public health. Uh, and that's absolutely right. We'd never get in the way of that. But they also need to know the impact. And therefore, that influences what they do to support businesses and help us get through. So for UK and England, which is the part I look after, um, we presented a, a top 10 plan to government of what we wanted to see. And then the last three to four weeks, we've been lobbying really, really hard, you know, on the phone, in meetings to officials, to ministers, uh, to the Treasury. Number 10 uh, for the business department. Uh, and we had a phone call with the Chancellor on Friday when he arrived back from California. Um, we had so many calls over the weekend. And then we had another Chancellor call on Monday and another one on Tuesday. Um, this is quite high level engagement and a lot of it. So, in our 10 point plan, uh, the Chancellor adopted four measures of that, um, which was announced. So, two are for England. Um, uh, and of course, Whenever they announce money for England, it generates through a formula an extra bit of money for the devolved nations on top of that, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, and two are for the UK. And those four are, um, for the UK, the two are uh, reinstating the COVID SSB rebate. I know we'll talk about that. Uh, really important on sick pay. Um, generosity for HMRC. So um, for those people who owe quarterly VAT payments or looking at their self-assessment, or any tax bill, really, with HMRC, HMRC must take a very generous approach to that. The important thing with this is that you contact HMRC. I know it's difficult with the phone lines and the demands, but what you do is you phone up and you negotiate, and they are already ready to delay your tax bill. Don't just not pay it. The important thing is to call. Uh, and then for England, the two are um, uh, a, a, a big hardship fund. So whilst Wales and Scotland created a hardship fund to support their hospitality sectors. Um, in England, they've created a big one of about £683 million, uh, which is very generous, which would lead to a £6,000 payment for eligible businesses. We're just working out the boundaries of this. It looks like it's hospitality and leisure. So that's two rather large sectors 
It doesn't include other sectors. Um, so they've put an extra 100 million on top into something called the ARG scheme, which is basically a scheme for anyone to apply for. And that's quite a lot of money. But if you spread it thinly, because everyone gets a slice, it doesn't go that far. Uh, and we'll look at more of that, I think, as time goes on. Uh, and then finally, the, the last England one is um, a promised 1.5 billion business rates relief fund for the supply chain. They promised this, they, they, us this in March. Uh, it's taken a long time to get it negotiated, and they just released the guidance to local authorities and a, a letter from Michael Gove to every local authority to get the money out. Now, it's the 22nd of December today, so this is uh, very late. Yeah, will local authorities really be focused on this over Christmas? Not so sure. Uh, at the same time, we hope a lot of them will. And if not, there'll be a huge, huge push on this the week after Christmas and into the new year. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the the announcement of the sick pay rebate, uh, which is, again, something that FSB proposed um, and has now been adopted. Why was that so important? Um, and I guess, how will it work? And, and, and when, will, when will that come on stream? Yeah, uh, it's arguably, arguably the most important one of all. So small employers tell us consistently that sick pay, they find it expensive. And when someone is off and the business is effective, it, um, sorry, is affected, uh, it's quite hard to afford. So the sick pay rebate means that if a member of your staff falls sick or self-isolates, and they don't need to get a fit note for this, this is just they fall sick or they self-isolate, then the government will fund that sick pay for 14 days. Now, it's a legacy for COVID because they created, we, we asked them for this during COVID uh, when it was really, really high, first wave, second wave, um, and they kept it going. It was a legacy for COVID, really. Um, then they then curtailed that when COVID began to go down and sickness began to disappear. So this now comes back. And because it's a COVID legacy, it means they can switch it on instantly. So it came into force immediately yesterday. So if you're a small business owner and someone fell sick from, from yesterday, from right now, uh, you know that no matter how busy things are, let's say you're a small business owner, you're, uh, you've got a team of four or five, uh, three or four, maybe even all of your staff fall ill because remember, it's very transmissible. Um, you're sat there in your business trying to keep everything going on your own, which is very tough. And at least the one little bit of stress you don't have to worry about is the sick pay for each of those employees will come to you. Uh, and the way you do it is there'll be a website. It's very easy because we know because it worked before. Um, you pay the sick pay as normal, and then you apply for it back through this website, and it's really quick. So payment is is fast. Registration is easy. And I think with a million people sick or self-isolating shortly, I think you can imagine a number of small business owners will be able to use this. It is a really lovely bit of reassurance. It's not a huge amount of money, of course, but it's a reassurance. It's something you just don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah, one less thing to worry about. Um, you mentioned that you know these government measures sort of amount to to four from our you know your your, your proposed wish list of of ten. Uh, what else would FSB like to see government doing? Um, what else are you lobbying for? Yeah, so for, for UK wide stuff, um, we would like to see more on the VAT rate. So tourism and hospitality. It's currently twelve and a half percent. It's normally twenty, of course, like everyone else. It was reduced to five in the worst of the crisis. And now it's a 12.5, kind of halfway house. Now, we think that could be extended. It's due to expire in March. Or you can move it down to 5%. And I think if things do get worse, that should be in the back pocket of the government. We've made the case for that. Um, there's lots of debate over furlough at the moment. Do you need to bring furlough back if you close the economy? And I think if you do go into a lockdown, I think the case 
all the flagship schemes we had during COVID comes back. Looking at furlough, looking at the self-employment income support scheme, um, looking at big, big, major grant support. You know, this is the, you know, we, we got an extra one billion yesterday and there's this one and a half billion coming through. And everyone's like, oh, that's nothing compared to 300 billion that's funded everything uh, for the last two years. But I think they will need to look at bigger multi-billion pound schemes um, and, and including furlough. But one, one stop on the way to furlough is to bring back something called the job retention bonus, which was something they were considering uh, to try and encourage small businesses to keep staff when it's really, really tough. So a small business, but let's go back to the same small business, four to five people, trade being disrupted. They've lost their peak trading period in January, so, uh, sorry, in December. They're looking at a slightly bleak January, to say the least. So what do they do? And the last thing a small business owner wants to do is get rid of a number of staff. Very final thing they'll do um, to keep the business going. But if there was a job retention bonus that said, if you keep this employee for an extra four weeks, and then you get a small payment to say, look, thank you for keeping this person on during a difficult period, then that would be a good thing. And the government did promise it, never brought it in on the basis that they extended furlough instead at that time. But there's almost like a, a halfway house. And some other things we're looking for are changes to debt. Loads of small businesses that we know are struggling with COVID debt. So we want extra help with bounce back loans, changing the repayment, holidays for those, more and more of those, and also extending that, um, all the pay-as-you-grow stuff, all the benefits around the uh, bounce back loans to C-bills, the other uh, COVID loan scheme. And then in England, there's a few other things as well. But basically what you're doing is you're taking... Uh, our ideas for support that were, let's say, three weeks ago because the market was depressed. Uh, we've made that bigger because of Plan B. We've now made it even bigger because it's very clear that the market is not just suppressed. It is on its way down. And then if you bring in restrictions, which the debate is all about now, will they do bring restrictions for the new year? You know, What about New Year's Eve? How do you change? If you're a business right now deciding, do I order supplies for my New Year's Eve celebrations? Very difficult decision, um, very difficult decision, and I wouldn't want to be in that person's shoes. Uh, but if restrictions do come in, then the, the, the kind of program of help must expand. Everything is scalable, and I think that's what we're going to be looking at over the next week, after, straight after Christmas. Yeah, and as you say, Craig, that you know some of these announcements have only just been made. Um, we expect further announcements and developments um, in due course. It's a very fast-moving issue where can small businesses go to get frequent updates and the latest information on this uh, well fsb will, will be as always updating our covid hub on our website that's probably the easiest place to go to uh, but we'll also be in the media you know not just on the first voice podcast but on um in the mainstream media and in you know in the press giving reaction so you'll see us everywhere you can also watch you know our social media feeds so on instagram and on twitter where we'll be and of course, there's the brilliant, brilliant first voice email newsletter. Um, I would also say, you know, there are things, obviously, COVID is dominating and it is the topic of the day, but there are things happening outside of COVID looking forward. So, for example, there's going to be a deregulation coming on small businesses being able to have, you know, to set up marquees in grounds and to set up outdoor markets. So, a really good deregulatory measure, nothing to do with COVID, but will help. Um, there's, Changes coming to import controls in January, and we're lobbying to see if we can get some help on that before it has an impact. Um, you've seen interest rates rise. That might change again. Keep an eye because it changes the cost of your debt unless you're a bounce-back loan because that one is fixed. 
Uh, and then finally, of course, we have the, the biggest tax rise in small business history coming in with four national insurance rises in March. Uh, and you need to start thinking about that. But we are going to be using everything going on at the moment to really lobby for our members and try and ameliorate some of those bad things. But keep an eye. And we need a good, strong spring budget to help us uh, to help our members deal with that. Yeah, lots to, to keep an eye on over the coming months. Uh, but, but thanks also for, for really unpicking what is a, a really fast-moving issue at the moment in, in, in terms of Omicron. Thanks, Craig. Really appreciate your, your time. Um, thank you also to our audience for listening. While I have your attention, I'd uh, just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And please do also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks.